Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating Our Roots a Través de Nuestras Cicatrices. I'm your show host, Lorelei Flores Gonzalez. And in this episode, we are going to speak to a very special guest, Daisy, um, part two. <laughs> um, if you'll just introduce yourself for us really quickly. For sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Daisy Orozco. I am a graduating senior here at UNCC, um, psych major, chem minor on the pre-med track, and I identify as Mexican-American. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love how you included the graduating senior because I know you didn't say that last time. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's like three days away from graduating. Like, Girl. I know you're counting out days. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm just like, I hope everything like comes together, you know? Yeah. Are you going to have like a celebration party or something? Yeah, I'm going to go back home because um, my family is flying in from California. <gasps> I'm like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go back and just, you know, celebrate. That first, that first generation no celebration. For no, for real. Because, yeah, being first gen is like, it's mind blowing. Like, I, I think about it, but I don't think I always take it into consideration, like, how much that, like, what that means, yeah. per se. But... Yeah. yeah it's like big weight to carry like yeah um i know when i first got in like i wasn't even in college and my uncle he was like girl you're doing so much like <laughs> congratulations uh-huh. like the whole you're the first in the whole family congratulations and yeah. i'm like all right i just got <laughs> in <Wow>. like <laughs> let's let's relax for a little bit let's relax but it's still a major accomplishment though yeah. like and i saw someone who was also first generation like post on instagram and they were like the first but not the last and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> that's right yeah I love that. Yeah. I think I saw that too. Period. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really, it's really cute. I think mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, not just cute, but like, mm-hmm. it's like a really big accomplishment, like you said, and it's like, oh yeah, intense. Like, I graduate next next year. Um, I'm so close. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't imagine myself like actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like really nice to see. Like, I love seeing, I love seeing people graduate. Like, no, it just. It's a tearjerker. I love crying about it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> me, yeah. cry baby. <laughs> it's like congratulations. <laughs> no, like I see one post and I start tearing up. I'm like, good for you, especially when it's like first generation students, because mm-hmm. it's like you, you, you did that. Mm-hmm. You did that. It's tough. It's yeah. so so tough. Yeah, but we're three days away. Three days away. Not even two. Wait, one two. Oh my gosh. Wait. Two days it away. Is two days away. It's come by really, really fast. I remember, like, two months ago, I got sick right after spring break. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to somebody about graduation. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I graduate later. And then I realized, oh, like, that's two months. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. And <laughs> April freaking flew by. Yes. Like, April was a day and a half. And then it was oh, May. Tell <laughs> no, but it's like, I'm proud of you. Thank Congratulations. You. I appreciate that. Everyone's really, really nice. Like, I don't know. It, it really is a major accomplishment. And, again, like, I don't always, like realize how big it is yeah until people are like yo you're gonna do that like you're doing that and yeah I'm like, like you're so right <laughs> like i'm done with undergrad that's crazy to think about are you do you have any plans after yeah so i actually just got hired um as like a pharmacy tech so i'm mm-hmm. gonna be working for a bit like probably like a year or so mm-hmm. and then studying for the mcat so i can take it and then go to medical school period because like <laughs> We're going to be a doctor. <laughs> Do you know what type yeah. of doctor you want to be? Well, growing up, I wanted to be a pediatrician, mm-hmm. but the older I get, like, the more I want to expose myself to the field before, like, Making I guess, like, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I don't know. We'll see where life takes me. Yeah. I have a coworker who works at Walgreens with me, mm-hmm. um, and so she, her son passed away from, mm-hmm. like, a heart condition, mm-hmm. um, and so initially she wanted to do, like, you know, like, nursing, but, like, dealing with 
the heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, like cardio. Yeah, heard, heard. there we go. See, <laughs> this is why you're meant for that. Because <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, she. That's what she wants to do. She mm-hmm. wanted to do, but then last weekend, actually, she was like, "I think I want to work with babies." Like, Aww. a baby came in, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "I." She was like, "I think that's what I want to do," and so, Aww. I think it's like beautiful that you're not like. Mm-hmm. You know, like setting your mind 100%. Like, you yeah. know, you want to go to med school, but yeah. you still want to explore. So, yeah. Good for you. I definitely want to keep my options open because, yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like there's so much to do <laughs> that if I, like, limit myself to one thing, like, I'm just, I don't know, like, I'm taking a, an opportunity away from me. You yeah. Know? But that's yeah. a good way. See, I've always thought about that because, look, <laughs> look, <laughs> I'm about to say something crazy, but mm-hmm. me personally, like, I think that, like, life is too short mm-hmm. and the world is too big to only do one thing for the rest of your life. Per. So mm-hmm. what I want to do is, like, I want to do law. Mm-hmm. But then I also want to, like, publish a book. And this is this is where it gets crazy because I kind of want to design clothes for, for cats. Ooh, <laughs> no, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so unique, you know? Yeah, because I have, like, a cat and, and mm-hmm. I've always wanted to make him, like, little jackets and stuff. But mm-hmm. he's... He doesn't like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) he doesn't like clothes on him, so I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know what, like, let me do this for other cats, period, and so that's something I want to do, too, even though, Mm -hmm. like, I know nothing about sewing, nothing about creating, like, Mm -hmm. that's still a goal of mine, and I'm like, I'm gonna do it, because life is too short to Mm -hmm. not do it. Exactly, yeah, I love that. (laughs) It's good that you're, like, keeping your options Mm -hmm. open, I like that. Um, so, the first, like, real, real (laughs) question um, that I have for you is, mm-hmm. why did you choose Charlotte? Um, and, like, what's one of the biggest, not issues, but um, mm-hmm. something that made you feel like, oh, like, you know, you mentioned, like, I forget sometimes that I'm, like, first gen. Like, mm-hmm. I don't take that into account. Like, what's one of those situations where you're like, yeah, this is, I'm first gen, and I know it. Yeah, honestly, well, I chose Charlotte. Um, well, Charlotte wasn't my original choice, like, to begin with. But um, I visited the campus, and, like, I went to, I think, admitted students day in, like, open house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really felt, like, at home. <laughs> and it was because I was, like, with one of my friends, and, like, we were just touring together. And it was just really, really nice. Like, I could feel, like, the community, you know? I could see myself being here. Yeah. Um, and that was what, what was, like, most important. I'm from Winston, and so growing up, I wanted to go to Wake, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But Wake is very much, like, a PWI. And, I mean, this is a PWI yes but like wake forest is like p w capital and like it's just always been around me so like i don't know coming to charlotte i just felt like i could finally like explore more and like i could just find like a sense of who i am and like mm-hmm. a sense of home um so that's initially what like drew me to charlotte is just like the community the community was really nice um in terms of like i feel like i have felt very lost throughout my like collegiate journey um in terms of like resources like what to do how do I study how do I do this like how do I ask for help how do I talk to professors like I have felt very lost sometimes and I think that's really where I like like taking into consideration my identity as first generation Mm -hmm. because it's like I have to be the one to figure these things out and I mean yes I have people to like help me out and thankfully (laughs) I have found my people where I can like ask questions and like they can help me out but still it's like something you have to navigate on your own because, mm-hmm. like, they're not always going to be there to tell you, like, how to respond to an email or something. Yeah. Um, so it's really just teaching myself, like, professionalism, teaching myself, like, how to speak to people. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of learning opportunities for myself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely, like, 
resources. I don't know. Your girl just feel lost. I just feel lost sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. No, because um, one of the things, like, I agree. I completely agree. Um, I think one of the things that's, like, really confusing is, like, me, like, I always bounce my emails off with Amari, and she'll bounce hers <laughs> off with me, and we'll be mm-hmm. like, do you think that sounds good? Or what's another word for this? Like, to make it mm-hmm. sound better, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, we're both first gen. Like, we're both struggling. So it's the blind leading the blind. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the biggest thing about that for me is also, like, communicating with professors. I didn't mm-hmm. know how many of them are, like, actually willing to help you if you reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, because growing up, I was always, like, taught, like, you respect the professors and there's a boundary. Mm-hmm. But most of these, per- like, there's still a boundary, of course. But mm-hmm. most of the professors here, like, want you to ask them questions. And yeah. then... When you go and ask them, you have to figure out, like, okay, how do I ask for help? Yeah. Without sounding, like, dumb. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we have this professor. Shout out Dr. Jason Black. Per. He's, <laughs> he's in the communication studies department. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Um, and he's actually taught me this last semester where it's, like, if you get your master's degree, it mm-hmm. can be a master's degree in anything. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, so I'm communication major. Right. I don't have to get a master's in communication. I could get a master's in business. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. Like, I thought, like, you had to go through the same major mm-hmm. that you chose. Right. For yeah. undergraduate. That's, like, that's a common misconception with, like, also medical school. Mm-hmm. Like, when I had an interview um, at, I think it was Wake, um, they, someone told me that, like, well, the interviewee, I get wait, no, hold on. <laughs> scratch that the interviewer <laughs> there we go <laughs> the interviewer was like oh yeah um as pre-med like going to medical school you can have any type of major he was like you can do arts and then go to medical school or you can do like anything and just it doesn't have to be stem related and i was like oh wow that's my first time hearing of this yeah and, like i was in an interview <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's the same for law like um typically like people do like political science or there's minors mm-hmm. in legal studies right um but you can do anything and still go to law school. And right. it's like, why didn't anybody tell you this? Like, you no, you basically figured it out on your own. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, like, am I dumb for not knowing that? No, literally, that's how you feel when you, like, find things out. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's like some of the most simplest things, too. Yeah. But, like, going back to what the professors, like, yes, there are professors who have, like, um, there are some professors who are, like, amazing. 10 out of 10. I had this one psychology professor last semester who was, like, a blessing. <laughs> All I had to do was just reach out to her and be like, hey, like, I need your help. Da, 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 da. Like, what can we do? And she was so willing to work with me, and I loved that. But then, like, I had another interaction with a different professor who really, like, it was awful. <laughs> mm. I was, like, going to him to ask for help because I didn't really know how to ask for help. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go to his office and, like, I'll see where, you know, what what goes on. Like, I had a script and everything yeah. in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go and I knock on his door and he opens the door and he's just like, what? With, like, the ugliest face. Like, he made me feel like a bother. Mm. And it's professors like that where I'm like, professors like that discourage students to go to professors. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have some on one hand who are like, yeah, I'm here to help you. Like, this is your career. I understand. Like, let's work on it together. Mm-hmm. Like, you're human. And I'm like, yes, I'm human. <laughs> and then there are other professors who are like, don't bother me like you should be doing this on your own yeah and i'm like bro like not everyone has the same resources not everyone has like the same like just resources in general like not everyone knows how to reach out for help and you're making them feel this way okay yeah and it sucks like when there's professors like that too um because it's not like 
on top of you feeling like a bother, like you said, it's also like you can tell you're just teaching just because you get a paycheck. Yeah. And it's like I'm not really like I'm not imp- appreciating the subject because the way you're teaching it is like yeah. you can tell like you're just getting paid. And so it's like for sure, like we need more professors who like actually <laughs> value the stuff that they're teaching. Literally. Or who are like more understanding of like the fact that some people like they might experience anxiety but there's also like okay this might be their first time reaching out to a fucking professor and Mm -hmm. you cannot react to them like that that's exactly so discouraging literally i when he like when he answered the door like that it literally threw me off i didn't even know like i had a script in my head yeah (laughs) and then i heard him like answer that way like those those were the first things i heard and i was like what i know he did not just do that yeah (laughs) it was just so it threw me off guard that was it um but it's literally like it's like you said like professors like those are so discouraging but there are other ones who are like (laughs) a blessing yeah like they put their whole Mm -hmm. like soul into it and you know and i love professors like that like um it's like i was telling you dr jason black he's Mm -hmm. one of those professors where it's like you know he cares about the topic Mm -hmm. and the way he teaches it is with passion so it makes you more passionate Mm -hmm. um and i love that like we need we need more professors like that especially Mm -hmm. because it's like you said like this is our career like we're gonna make a career out of this Mm -hmm. we don't we can't have people who aren't willing to help us exactly this is for the rest of our life literally and like i understand like professors aren't paid for empathy but at the same time like you're teaching students like you have to know how to like communicate with them even if they don't know how to communicate with you and that's really what it is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's just not, there's just like not that understanding of, um, or there's the understanding, they don't have the understanding of that other person. Like, I feel like they see you as a kid almost, mm-hmm. and instead of like an adult. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't know these things, but it's like, because we don't know these things, we're also seen like, mm-hmm. like as kids. Like, mm-hmm. but like, it's, we're reaching out for a reason. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, you know, we're not just going to ask, like, dumb questions. And even if we do, like, this is how we learn. <laughs> Literally. L- let me ask a dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... Yeah. How are we going to learn? Like, Literally. There's just no, pa- no, no compassion there. Yeah, that's really what it is. Mm. So, in your major, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask what your experience as a first-generation student and as a Latina and, like, both as well. Like, how... Mm-hmm. Have they impacted you in your classes or the way you've acclimated to college life? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a psychology major, like I mentioned, um, and uh, a lot of my courses have been um, like online because of COVID, mm. <laughs> and I haven't had the opportunity to like interact with like a lot of the people in my major or mm. like a lot of professors like face to face. Um, again, because most of them have been online, surprisingly, <laughs> um, but. I am like a chemistry minor like I said and I'm doing pre-med yeah um and that's honestly where like I'm more aware of my identity Mm -hmm. (laughs) than in my psychology classes because like for example any type of chem class or almost any chem class like so I'm one of the only like Latinas in the class and like I don't always take it into consideration because like I'm just there to to study I'm there to like do my work and then leave Mm -hmm. but it's hard for me to like reach out to people around me it's like I don't really know like I don't feel comfortable reaching out to people, you know? Yeah. But it, I'm still very much aware of my identity. I'm, I look around the room and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. But um, I did have this one class. I had quant with this one girl who was also Latina. 
And it was such a great experience. <laughs> Only because, like, we were able to help each other study. Mm -hmm. Like, we were able to, like, actually hang out. And, like, outside of, like, class, we were able to, like, just just be chill, you know. And it made the class a lot more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, and that's definitely been a, a big help. Because I feel like you can do a class by yourself, sure. But when it comes to these, like, STEM classes, you need someone to bounce off yeah. of, you know. You need someone to help you learn, like, if you're right or wrong in your understanding. Like, it's just having those type of people just, just helps a lot more. Um, thankfully, I've never had, like, a bad experience, like, when it comes to, like, my identity. Of, like, I don't know. I've never had to, like, deal with any, like, um, like discrimination or anything. Um, but it is still kind of, like, just isolating yeah. <laughs> to be, like, all right, it's just me here. Like, let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I get that. Uh, in my major, I have two. Um, and in my sociology class, that's where, like, there's people of color. But generally, I'm usually one of two, mm -hmm. like, Latinas in the room. Mm -hmm. Um and even, like, then, like, you can tell that the other Latina, like, I had a class last semester, there was another Latina in there. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't talk at all. And I'm like, <laughs> and so I used to be more shy last semester, too. So I wasn't talking and she wasn't mm -hmm. talking. And so it was kind of like, mm, like, right. you we know. We see each other. Yeah. But <laughs> we're not talking. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and we actually had, like, a group project. And I talked. I talked. I did not talk. <laughs> um we had a group project and my three group members ended up being like three white women mm -hmm. and even though they were very like understanding because they're women mm -hmm. of certain issues we were able to explore some topics in that way but in the presentation it felt very much like it was centered around white experiences and mm -hmm. so even though there was intersectionality in the sense of like womenhood mm -hmm. and women's experiences were explored like okay where are the people of color like where are their experiences right. and mm -hmm. I remember I brought that up once because I was like you know well we were doing a project mm -hmm. about like pornography mm -hmm. um and how there should be like a law for it or something like that and I remember being like oh well you know like black women are highly sexualized like maybe mm -hmm. we could include that in the project Right. Um, and they were like, oh, well, I think if we add too much, then the presentation will be too long. And I was like. It's a slide. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 30. It's like one sentence, you right. know, like. Um, so I'm like, OK, yeah. like. And that's supporting details, too, because if you were to talk about, like, why there should be, like, regulations around it, like, you have that yeah black women are sexualized and so are his like latina women like we're what is it the spicy latina mm -hmm. or whatever like stuff like that dang Ugh. yeah so annoying that would have been a good supporting detail <laughs> <laughs> actually mm -hmm. the the um what's it called the professor mm -hmm. she came up like um to check up on our like status of how we were doing and i was mm -hmm. like well i was thinking about like adding the fact that like black women and asian women are like also were like really yeah. highly sexualized because mm -hmm. they have like these tropes and pornography and stuff mm -hmm. she was like that's really good you should add that and i was like yeah yeah, yeah. and we yeah. <laughs> we did add it in there <laughs> that um, girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like the fact that they weren't willing to like accept that mm -hmm. um it was kind of like, okay, like, I felt shot down because I'm like, first of all, like, you're only focusing on experiences generally around white women. And right. it's like, okay, like, what about trans women mm -hmm. and people of color? Like, why can't we not include them, too? Right. And this was a sociology class? Yeah. Girl. It's like, 
<laughs> don't get me started on sociology because we I there's a class last week and like an, a lecture mm-hmm. and we were talking about sex work and like prostitution mm-hmm. and this one this one lady goes I think um that people that there's so many jobs out there and that sex workers and prostitutes just think that they're too good to work those jobs what? and I was like you you are so like let me just say the word silly because that's that's the best i can come up with like because i I actually got really pissed i was like the audacity to say that like and especially it was a four thousand level course i'm like we just learned about intersectionality like three weeks ago let's be for real now some people are so like oblivious yeah like oh gosh it was really irritating to read that because it's like yeah. You can tell when somebody's like whiteness is the core of their identity that they're not mm-hmm. willing to explore outside of it. Mm-hmm. And for us it's more of like we live this so we notice it and like obviously we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. We we make mistakes. We don't we're not going to be 100% aware of everybody all the time. Right. But making that attempt, extending mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that's how you grow and you're not yeah. We just learned about intersectionality. You're not growing. Like, no, be so for real. And you can't be that close-minded and just, like, like, I guess just disregard, like, people's reasonings why. Like, everyone yeah. has a reason why. Like, you, yeah, there are jobs. Okay, cool. But, like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, also unhoused people. Like, mm-hmm. if they come to interviews and they're not dressed the part, they're not going to get hired. If they don't have access to, like, their social security or, like, their birth certificates, they're Mm -hmm. not going to get hired. Mm -hmm. There's so much, like, that could go into that, and Mm -hmm. you're not acknowledging that. Like, your brain is just, like, as she was, like, inadvertently slut-shaming. Oh, my gosh. Like, this lady needs to be canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I went off in the comment. I was, like, actually, (laughs) Um, she didn't reply, but I wish she would have, (laughs) because... You want to fight, you yeah, want to tussle, like, but, like, yeah. It's just, like, how can you be that ignorant, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that in moments like that, mm-hmm. when you realize that not everybody has, like, that mm-hmm. intersectional mindset or that, like, mm-hmm. understanding that the world is beyond... Themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I think so a lot of people assume that their conditions are the same as other people, and we forget that we only see, like, maybe a fraction yeah. of someone's life. Like yeah that's really what it is yeah like you don't get it Mm -hmm. and it's okay to like acknowledge that you don't get it and Mm -hmm. try to grow on make yourself grow make yourself understand why you don't understand like you know like that's that's the biggest thing is that it's okay to be wrong it is okay it's just a matter of like are you willing to learn yeah that's all that it is yeah and there's like so many people who aren't Mm -hmm. and they're i think a lot of the people when you point out like actually you know like they take it defensively like against mm-hmm. their character mm-hmm. and it's like you know obviously the delivery counts like right. you know <laughs> right. that lady pissed me off but i wasn't like actually you're so no right no no, no. i was like well in this article it says this mm-hmm. in this study it said that um i just wanted to know why you think that like maybe we can discuss it mm-hmm. she didn't reply but i was very very nice about it um but like just like the delivery helps first and secondly like don't take it to heart because it's really not like against you it's just like take the time to absorb it process it and be Mm -hmm. a better person and like if someone does take it personal then maybe it's like check yourself yeah because why are you so upset over this like you should be you should have an open mind yeah Mm -hmm. red flag Mm -hmm. (laughs) red flag (laughs) um thank you for sharing that 
right. So I also wanted to discuss. Um, all right. So I guess before I ask this, like, you are a part of OPPSI. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'll just tell us like what that is mm-hmm. and how that's impacted you. Yeah, so I'm a sister of Omega Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Um, I crossed spring 2021, uh, one of five of my class. Um, and, well, honestly, my organization has given me a lot of growth, personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, that's what our organization is, like, um, dedicated to, is, like, the personal and professional growth of women. Mm-hmm. We say that beta women are better women, but no better than any other woman, better than the woman she was before. And, like, throughout my entire experience, like, I have definitely felt that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I have felt a lot of growth thanks to my um, new member education program, thanks to, like, my line sisters. They have helped me grow a lot. Um, and, yeah, I've also gained a lot of leadership experience. Um, I'm the president of my chapter. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because, you know, I, I'm a part of OPBSI, like, I'm also able to serve on the e-board or executive board of my council. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm able to make these really cool relationships with other people in different organizations and also, like, serve my own community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. Yeah. Um, how would you say that you've grown, like, you know, like, you don't have to go into detail, but um, <laughs> before, like, when you first mm-hmm. got to college and then, like, you know, uh, growth takes time, so not, like, not immediately after crossing, right. but, like, compare yourself now. Mm-hmm. Like, you're two days away from graduating. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> compare yourself now mm-hmm. to the person you were when you first got here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like... What would be, would you say, like, the biggest change that you've noticed within yourself? Definitely the fact that I can advocate for myself. I would definitely say that's one of the biggest changes. Um, I've always been really reserved. I've always been really quiet. And, like, I still kind of am. Like, even though I'm very social and, like, I can talk to anybody. Um, at least I feel like. I hope so. <laughs> um, I'm still very reserved. And, like, when I came into college, um, I just... I was just the type of person to, like, keep quiet and just keep the peace. Mm-hmm. You know, let things happen. I was like, whatever, you know. Um, but afterwards, like, my program taught me, like, it's okay to advocate for yourself. You have a voice and you deserve to be heard. Mm-hmm. And, like, why silence yourself? You know, you're losing everything. And after that, like, I do not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking. Um, but I just know how to stand up for myself now. And that's something that I'm very, very grateful to my organization for mm-hmm. because, like, I don't know where I would be, you know. I'm okay with, like, I don't want to say arguing, but I guess, like, arguing or just respectfully, like, correcting somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, just standing up for myself. That's that's it. Yeah, and the thing is that's something that's, like, so, like, it's just basic to living, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But not a lot of people can advocate for themselves mm-hmm. because it is intimidating to say, like, you know, somebody's hurting you, being like, wait, stop, but wait a minute, like, you're hurting me. Yeah. Um, or, like, you know, like, that's not fair to say because da 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 Like, it's something that you don't even think about doing, mm-hmm. but it's, like, something that not everybody possesses. Mm-hmm. So it is important to be able to advocate for yourself. And, again, that ties back to, like, also being first-gen because you mm-hmm. – have to advocate for your space as a first gen and being you know like being okay with taking up space and sometimes for me uh, I don't speak for you but for me sometimes there's like that feeling of like okay like I'm I feel guilty Mm -hmm. for being here because one I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) and two like maybe there's somebody who 
also wanted my space and Mm -hmm. maybe like i'm taking up a space that somebody else could have had well here's the thing though like you deserve every right to be here just as much as the next person you know and at least the way that i think of life is like everything happens for a reason and so we're here for a reason and Mm -hmm. like you deserve like you said to take up space yeah and and i think that's also something that like advocating for yourself Mm -hmm. ties closely with Mm because once you learn to like say like yeah my feelings matter too Mm -hmm. so does my space Mm -hmm. so does my 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 living matter so do i yeah you know so it's like i don't know i think that's not a quality that many people possess Mm -hmm. um i think that's something i struggle with but um it's also something that like you don't even think about yeah but it's important it's vital no literally i feel like as the ace of my class which is like you know the number one um i have to like i wouldn't say like speak for them Mm -hmm. but like ace that's the pace (laughs) so like i have to be the one to like direct you know and that was a really big um learning opportunity too because it was like all right leadership like advocacy like i'm speaking for not only only myself but for my four other line sisters Mm -hmm. like it was just i don't know yeah (laughs) it just taught me how to speak up yeah and that's beautiful i'm glad Mm -hmm. um Another thing that I wanted to discuss in regards to OPB, mm-hmm. um, well, is it fine if I say OPB or OPBSI? It's fine. I Either think it's way? fine. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in regards to Charlotte, like, how did OPB help you feel like you belonged as well? Like, mm-hmm. um, you said you're going to be staying in Charlotte mm-hmm. after you graduate, like, and you just got hired at a new job. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like would you how would you say that your sorority has helped you feel like yeah i can i can do it i they definitely brought me like an even more even more of a sense of home here in charlotte yeah um i i mean like obviously i have my friends you know i love my friends yeah (laughs) but being in like opb has just helped it really helped ground me to, to unc charlotte like, I feel like I'm not only making a, an impact on my campus, but I'm also making an impact on my community. Mm-hmm. And I feel very connected to Charlotte now. I love Winston. I love my hometown. And, you know, I'm going to go back <laughs> eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like as of right now, like, my calling and where I should be is here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I feel like the city was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> but OPB has definitely brought me, like, my family away from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, my family is only an hour away. It's not that far, but... We are the only ones here in North Carolina. Um, my The rest of my family on my mother's side is either in California or Mexico, and then on my father's side, California and Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're the only ones here in North Carolina. And, I mean, I guess, like, it can be lonely or whatever, but not really. Like, <laughs> I grew up that way, and, like, I never thought of it as, like, me being lonely. It was just like, okay, like, this is where I live. Like, it, I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. But moving here to Charlotte by myself was, was a little, like, it was a lot. I yeah. wouldn't say a lot, like, um, like, I'm going through it or anything. But it was more <laughs> of, like, dang, like, I'm really by myself now. Like, my family is an hour away, sure. But, like, I, I'm the one who has to get me through this. Um, and I'm very grateful for my organization and specifically my line sisters because they very much helped me, like, navigate my journey for here in Charlotte and make me feel like Charlotte is, you know, my home. Yeah, Charlotte, a.k.a. Daisy's home. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> um, but, like, I... So, okay, so I still live with my mom, mm-hmm. and so I'll be going back home over the summer, um, but I did tell her, like, after I graduate, I think I want to stay in Charlotte, too, like, because mm-hmm. when I first got to, Char- to Charlotte, ooh, <laughs> when I first got to Charlotte, um, I hated it, like, I was like, ugh, 
like I wanted to go to Queens University, mm-hmm. um, and so I had like my heart was broken when I when I got into UNC Charlotte. I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna hate it here. Mm-hmm. And then I like met my friends and um, started like being more involved, like mm-hmm. going to LXSU and Lasso meetings and mm-hmm. HCAP, and then like talking to people more, like joining Uptown Audio, like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, now I don't want to leave, like. I move out tomorrow morning and I know I'm going to be crying because I don't want to leave. Um, but it's like I told my mom after I graduate, I think I want to stay in Charlotte. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, like she was shocked. And I think I don't know how it is in your family, but mm-hmm. in my family is kind of like. Like that feeling of like. You kind of has, have to stay home because your parents sacrificed like so much. Mm-hmm. And it's also like. I feel like I'm leaving them and abandoning them. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if, if if you've ever felt that way as well. Yeah, no, definitely. How yeah. do you how do you navigate that? Well, I wouldn't say like I don't want to say like abandoning, but yeah, you know. Um, I told my when I told my mom that I was gonna stay here in Charlotte because it's been a really big battle for me. Like, do I want to stay? Do I want to move back in with my parents? Like, save that money? Like, what do I want to do? Like, mm-hmm. what's best for me? Um, it's been hard kind of navigating that decision. And I think that's why like graduation can be a little intimidating because <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm here at least during undergrad, like I'm here because I'm studying, like I have to be here. Yeah. But once you graduate, it's like, you have this freedom, like you're literally like do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when I finally came to the decision that like staying in Charlotte is best for me, um, my mom and I got in this really, really big argument. <laughs> Cause like you said, like, well, one, I'm the oldest daughter. Um, and so that's, a, that's its own little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oldest, you know, and I'm the only daughter. Um, so that's like its own thing in itself. But, um, I feel like my parents are very attached to me and yeah. like the responsibility that I hold is like a lot. <laughs> it's really big. Mm-hmm. So when I told them that I was moving here, it was just kind of like, my mom was like what do we do to like you know push you away and I'm like no like that's not what it is at all like if anything I I just think I have more opportunities here like I think I'm okay like I'll be okay yeah um so there's definitely that but you know her saying that and her like being upset um not like mad but more of like sad like disappointed like she wanted me to be home you know they they miss me um but just like recognizing that and like seeing that made me feel guilty in a way yeah because it's like maybe I should move back home like you're right like you are my family like I should be with y'all like maybe I shouldn't be here by myself but at the same time like if I already set my mind like months ago it's for a reason yeah like you know I should be here <laughs> yeah um and I think it's like really interesting um, I know that my mom has some thoughts about it because when my mom has thoughts, she like kind of goes quiet. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Oh, okay," but she went quiet, <laughs> and I'm like, "You know what? That's a problem for tomorrow. I'm yeah. not worried about that right now." But it's like I agree, like that feeling of like, you know, like I know that there's like, for example, if I do end up working in law, like there's law firms mm-hmm. in in where I'm from, Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Charlotte is where I can like actually mm-hmm. find more opportunities. Um. But it is that feeling of, like, okay, like, is this, it's scary. Is this really, like, the right choice? And then also, like, I don't want my mom to feel like, you know, like, I'm saying goodbye. Like, no, Mm -hmm. like, this is just a way for me to grow, too. Literally. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that I don't still want to be part of the family Mm -hmm. or, like, I don't still, like, want to grow with my family, Mm -hmm. but... I also have to live my own life. 
Right. And I think that because when you are like a like a child, somebody's baby, like they're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to let you go. That's really what it is. And I feel like in our culture, um, our culture is very, very family oriented, which yeah. I love. You know, I love that we have that idea and that value. Um, but <laughs> when I do, like, I also value my independence. Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of hard for my family to accept sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the type of person where if I'm going through it, I keep to myself. <laughs> like, I just like to keep it to myself. And I know that's not the best thing to do. Um, but, like, it's just my parents have to understand and my family has to understand that it's okay for me to be by myself and be independent. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, it's just hard for them to accept sometimes because they're, like, you know, very big on, like, oh, come see us every weekend, come yeah. do this and this and that. And I'm like, yes, I want to do that. However, comma, I have to put myself first. Like, yeah. I have to prioritize myself right now. Exactly. And it's like, I agree. Um, And I think it's like the fact that we're so family oriented. It's like, sometimes it's hard to set those boundaries. Yes. And being <laughs> like, yeah, I love you. And I love that you've helped me. And I acknowledge that you've helped me get to where I am. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, all of that is true, but it's mm. also true that I need to live my own life yes. and I'm not going to be available all the time. And maybe like it's not fair not to throw it in my face because my mom, my parents don't do that. But mm. like in a way to like plant the seeds of like. Sorry, my my podcast is navigating our roots. I, <laughs> I throw in like flower 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 stuff (laughs) whatever i can Um, (laughs) but like plant plant the seeds of like doubt even if they don't do it on purpose they're still like they're still doing it and it's like it's kind of not fair yeah because like as we mentioned like um graduating is scary living your life and being independent is scary and so when i told my mom like hey like this is what i think i want to do like i want to live here in charlotte and her putting that like doubt and that fear did not help yeah (laughs) it's like girl i'm already scared (laughs) i just wanted you to be like okay word like you got it no (laughs) but afterwards like the thing at least being the oldest daughter um i have had to teach my family like how to communicate yeah (laughs) and how to like i wouldn't say like i would have I, i have to teach them how to like feel their emotions because my family, at least my, my family is very, like, expressive. Like, they're very, like, um, quick to react. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, feel your emotions. But you have to, like, recognize that what you say is going to affect other people in a certain type of way. Yeah. And um, I think that's just kind of how our culture is, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're very reactive. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Like, it's just a matter of learning. And I feel like even though it shouldn't be my responsibility to teach them this, like, I'm okay with doing that mm-hmm. because I know that it's going to benefit them and it's going to benefit our relationship at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even thought about that, but I I think that's, like, really, like, beautiful. Um, I'm the second oldest, so I feel like most of that responsibility falls on, like, my older sister. Um, and my older sister and my mom have, they're, like, besties. Aww. They have the same mom brain, like, mm-hmm. You know, like, when, I don't know how it is in your family, but in my family, like, if you do something wrong, like, my mm-hmm. sister's gonna be like, no, don't do that, like, a mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's me <with> my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, that mom brain that they have. Um, and so, for me, because I've kind of, like, always grown up with the two moms, mm-hmm. it's, like, I have to set that boundary, like, twice. Mm-hmm. Once with my sister and once with my mom. Mm-hmm. But because it's two against one, sometimes there's an issue there it's like you just don't understand because you're so young and it's like girl i'm two years younger than you what are you oh, talking about 
that's but, crazy but like it's like setting those boundaries can be really yeah. hard yeah no definitely it, it can be hard and it can it can also be difficult for like our family to accept as well yeah. um but i think just like you said planting those seeds of thought like you know just having them um at least recognize you know how what they're doing mm-hmm. um helps them think a little bit because at least when it comes to my family like when i first started like telling them like hey x y and z you know like what you're doing makes me feel this way so like you know um when i first started like bringing that to their attention it was like they didn't want to accept it because mm-hmm. you know how you know how hispanic parents yeah. are like, they do no wrong yeah. <laughs> and but afterwards like when i kept like telling them about themselves well i don't want to say about themselves but when i kept when i kept like expressing myself they were like okay like i see what you're saying now mm-hmm. like it makes sense and that's all that it is like it's just planting those seeds of thought yeah and then they'll think about it on their own because mm-hmm. um, even after like when i told my mom that i wanted i wanted to stay here in charlotte like it took her a couple days <laughs> but then she texted me and she was like you know i just want to apologize because x y and z and you know and my mom doesn't apologize <laughs> <laughs> like in my 22 years of life um when i was in her house like before undergrad she wouldn't apologize <laughs> like but now that i'm older and like i said i know how to advocate for myself um i'm able to put those boundaries and like i have to be like come on ma, like you were wrong and it's okay it's yeah. just a learning ex- opportunity that's it yeah um i think that's really nice i had never thought about it that way i think a lot of the time like we st- well, for me specifically, I see my mom as, like, my mom. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of, like, just started to see her as a person, too. Like, yeah. some of the reasons why she reacts the way she does is because she was a person before me. Mm-hmm. She had her own traumas, her own stuff to deal with. And mm-hmm. that resulted in the way that she communicates now. Exactly. You know, and sometimes the way she communicates isn't isn't the right way. It isn't good. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, an explanation of why. Mm-hmm. And so whenever, like, you separate the two, like, mom and then human Mm -hmm. it's like oh like i see it yeah um but it is like a lot like it's sometimes it's hard to accept as well because it's like you're my mom you should understand me but it's also kind of like okay you're my mom like but i see why you're the way that you are yeah and it's okay it's it's like accepting in both ways yeah yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought about that (laughs) um so another question that i wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. is You've kind of already answered this, but um, being a part of Greek life Mm -hmm. and, like, part of a sorority, um, how does that make you feel like you're part of a community in, like, a bigger, Mm -hmm. like, bigger than yourself type of thing? Um, And, or is it, like, a whole different part of your identity for you? Mm, I would definitely say that, like... um being greek like yes i'm a sister of opb but i'm also a member of like greek life in general Mm -hmm. and i think something that's beautiful is like you can see someone else like um just some random person that you meet and you find out that they're greek and you can bond over that because both of you guys are a part of that community Mm -hmm. um and being a part of opb has also really pushed me out of my comfort zone in a lot of different ways (laughs) (laughs) um but specifically like socially like I'm, I'm a little social, you know, I get a little anxiety, <laughs> um, but being a part of OPB has really, like, pushed me out of my comfort zone in the way that, like, I now go to, like, uh, Lasso, LXSU, or, like, other organizations, and, mm-hmm. like, I'm just okay with socializing, like, I'm okay with just talking to people, yeah. <laughs> um, and so thanks to OPB, like, now I'm not only a part of the Greek community, but I'm also a part of, like, or, well, more invested in the Latinx community here on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because it's 
it's difficult being in a PWI. Like, you feel like you don't belong sometimes. Like, you might feel that imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. why am I here? But when you find your people, it's so motivating. <laughs> it's motivating because it's like we have the same experiences. We have the same thought process. Well, not always, but <laughs> for the most part, we have the same thought process. Proce- oh, my gosh. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weak. Uh, we have the same thought process. And so, like, we understand each other. And, again, like, it's just it's motivating. Like, it makes me want to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Like, I love that because I'm the same way. <laughs> it's like um, I used to hate. Hate, I still do. Like, I get really anxious. Mm-hmm. I hate presenting, like, stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't talk to new people. Like, I can only talk to new people if there's at least two. Like, anything <laughs> more than two, I'm you not going. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going. Like, mm-hmm. so it needs to be, like, two people. But, mm-hmm. um, so, like, I feel like this semester, like, I've truly, like, grown. And I've, I said it to Amari the other day. I was like, like, I actually feel like I'm living now. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not just, yeah, yeah, it's not just college. Like, I'm mm-hmm. living it. And being able to help people as well, like, bringing good mm-hmm. into the world mm-hmm. also helps. Because you're, like, mm-hmm. I've always been, I'm I'm really hard on myself sometimes. Um, and I'm, like, I carry so much guilt with me and so much of, like, everybody's expectations of me around Mm -hmm. um and so that's like kind of like weighed me down but providing for like the community too like volunteering stuff like that Mm -hmm. um talking to somebody helping somebody apply to college for the first time like talking to them about FAFSA like I'm bringing good into the world and it makes me feel better Mm -hmm. so proud of you (laughs) (laughs) but it's like like stuff like being more involved Mm -hmm. and I love that like Greek Life did that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, anybody interested, y'all should definitely check it out. Oh, my Because, <laughs> like... At UNCC underscore OPB is our Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Um, say it again. At UNCC underscore OPB. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but it's, like, yeah. Like, you need to be able to take the time to find out who you are yeah. and how you can provide the world and for yourself exactly because you're not gonna know who you are if you just like stay in your room exactly and like i used to be really scared to go to places like by myself and i still am like yeah. i don't like to go places by myself that's my <laughs> like biggest thing yeah but at least now i'm a little i'm a lot more comfortable doing it though and yeah like it'll bring me a little bit of like anxiety but I'm okay with doing it, and yeah. that's that's it. As long as you put yourself out there and, like, make that effort, that's all that matters. Yeah. And, like, you were, you mentioned, like, being hard on yourself. Something that my program also taught me <laughs> is allowing myself grace because I'm also the type of person where I'm, like, I'm so hard on myself. Like, you, you can ask any of my line sisters, ask Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really tough on myself, um, and I often, like, I wouldn't say, like, talk down, but more of, like, I could be better. I could do better. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, take a minute. Acknowledge what you've been doing. Like, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. And then keep pushing. Yeah. It's like, um, I agree. Like, taking the time to celebrate your wins, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you know, I, me personally, I won, like, a scholarship the other day. I was like, Purr! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, I did that. And you won three awards. Oh, yeah. As president, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was our chapter. I'm going to say it was our chapter. Because it was. Um, our chapter got three awards. And I'm very, very proud. Because, like, yeah, I'm just proud. It's been it's been a year. I'm going to say that. <laughs> it's been a year, to say the least. So, mm-hmm. like, getting these three awards are very, like, just rewarding. Um, 
and it's like dang our hard work is like yeah paying off. y'all worked hard and it's like <laughs> that's you. a win like mm-hmm. y'all did that um and it's like of course taking the time to acknowledge your wins too mm-hmm. it's like and it's like going back to what you said about being alone and stuff mm-hmm. um i was also like i wouldn't eat by myself when i first got here like oh, me too <laughs> i had to facetime my, my sister i was like girl you have to come with me like let's go eat mm-hmm. um because I was just too scared to do it. But then it got to the point where it was like, girl, like, you need to eat, right. you know, like, so I started eating um, by myself. And it's like being comfortable in the fact, like, mm-hmm. being comfortable in your own company. You have to mm-hmm. be able to also do that. Mm-hmm. It's scary because you're like, well, yeah. who am I going to talk to? Like, I don't want to be in my head all day. But it's like, take yourself out to a, a cafe. Literally. Spend time with yourself. Learn who you are. Mm-hmm. And then everything else will come after you have to like almost date yourself yeah. to figure out who you are. And I'm very grateful that like I'm a lot, I'm very comfortable in my solitude now. <laughs> like I said, I really value my independence mm-hmm. and like I'm fine with being alone now. But before I was the same way. I couldn't even go to Crown by myself. Like I just wouldn't want to. I was like, no, like <laughs> that is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I'm like, girl, I gotta eat. <laughs> but um, what was I saying? Yeah. It's just, it's nice to find that comfort in your solitude because then you're able to do a lot more and, yeah. like, actually figure out who you are. Yeah, and you're not limiting yourself mm-hmm. to just, like, because I would eat ramen. So they, they came out at Sam's Club <laughs> with these, like, tapatio ramens. Uh-oh. They hit, first of all. They Say hit. All the way. <laughs> but that's all I would eat. And mm. I'm like, where are the veggies? Where's mm-hmm. the chicken? Like, you need to take care of yourself. Right. And it's like. You know, like, once you start, I love that you said date yourself. Once you start dating yourself, mm-hmm. you figure out, like, n- not 100%, but you start figuring <laughs> yourself out, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, what do I like? What don't I like? Mm-hmm. Why do I belong? Why don't I belong? Like, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. you figure that out. And I think that's really important, too. Something that I think is beautiful about life, though, is that we're not always, like, we're not always going to know ourselves 100%. Yeah. We're continuously growing, and we're continuously changing. And I'm like, yep. That's the beauty in life. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, I'm not going to be like this forever. Nor. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're always going to keep growing. I like that. Mm. It's scary, too. It really is. But I was talking to my best friend about this, though. And she was like, if you look at yourself, like, if you compare yourself from today and a year ago and you're not different, then you should be scared. That's true. Because that means, like, have you grown? You know, how have you you bettered yourself? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. Now I'm thinking. (laughs) But, like. That's actually really true. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say like you have to have a new job, you have to do this and this and that. But it's just like personally, like, are you are you satisfied? Like, are you happy? Yeah. And growth is not like something quick. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's a, like it takes time. You're not gonna be the same person you were even like two days ago. Like, no, um, one thing that I like to think about is like, um, I learned this fact. I don't know if it's real or not. But it was, <laughs> it was something about like how every seven years, like your taste buds change, Uh-oh. and so something that you might have liked seven years ago, you might not like today, mm-hmm. and that's what I equate to like changing. Like every mm-hmm. single, like every seven years, you're becoming a whole new person with different tastes, literally and metaphorically. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like wow, like wow, I just made that connection right now. Period. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's really interesting. Um, thank you for sharing that. Of course. And so our last question today, um, if you could tell us what the Diversified Greek Council is mm-hmm. um, and some ways that you think that the, the university, excuse me, could better serve um, 
the Diversified Greek Council, and then additionally, why would you recommend Greek Life to other yeah, students? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the Diversified Greek Council, which is also known as DGC, is um, one of the five Greek, coun- Greek councils here on campus, um, and we house all of like the multicultural organizations, so like the Latinx-based ones, um, the Asian-based ones, and yeah, just multicultural in general. Um, and we offer, I feel like if s- every Greek council has its own like individual experience, mm-hmm. um, it has its own unique experience to like Greek life. Um, so if you're looking for like organizations who are very like culturally based and like value identity and just like diversity, um, then come on over to DGC. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like every organization and every council itself has its own benefits and like its own beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I really like about Greek life. Um, I would say I would highly, highly recommend Greek life to anybody. Um, I feel like I got a lot out of it. I know I've gotten a lot out of it. I've gotten a lot of like growth, a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of like just great experiences overall. Like not only has it helped me like socially, but it's also helped me like professionally. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really, really value. Um, I feel like a lot of people, when they think about Greek life, they think about like parties and like all that stuff. And like, yeah, there's fun to it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) There's fun to life, like it's life. But there's also business to attend to. Um, and that's what I really like about my organization is that, like, we're very much, like, professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, like, it's okay to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely recommend Greek Life to anybody who's looking to, like, be a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Who's looking for a challenge. Who's looking for, like, growth. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Drop those Instagrams again. At UNCC underscore OPB. Mm-hmm. At CLT underscore DGC. Period. <laughs> and y'all better go check them out. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Daisy. Of course. Thank I, you for having me. Of course. I, I really appreciated you coming back again. This was a this was a second re-recording. I think we ate. And did. Um, yum, yum, yum. Thank you, Daisy. I hope you have a good one. And to everybody listening, always remember that tomorrow is a new chance to start over. Thank you for listening. This has been Navigating Our Roots a través de nuestras cicatrices.